Four. So, you know, it's amazing what Andy talks about in the, uh, in the, in the meeting and in between, and it's all about what we're all feeling and what we're all saying. It's interesting that, you know, when I was thinking about what to talk, one of the things that I probably will talk about this in a future meeting is actually one of the things that Ron Wyatt discovered was Jabal al-Luz. Everybody heard of Jabal al-Luz? It's what people call the real Mount Sinai. And uh, there's been a huge amount of research into this. And Joel Richardson, and I've gone through this, has just done a series of DVDs on the real Mount Sinai, which is actually in northwest Saudi Arabia, probably incredibly prophetically significant. It does mean that the Israelites cut across the real Red Sea uh, instead of what is meant to have been in, next to uh, uh, what uh, is called traditional Egypt. And uh, the real Mount Sinai is in line with Mount Zion, with Mount Hermon uh, in front of that or to the north of that. So there's a whole kind of prophetic thing about that. And if we consider Jabal al-Luz the real Mount Sinai, the, the Saudi Arabians are planning to build the biggest city in the world around it. They have planned to have it built by 2030. It's going to be 33 times the size of New York. Get your head around that. And in the middle of it is going to be Mount Sinai. whole load of prophetic stuff, and that's why um, another talk I may give is about Babylon. Anyway, there we go. What's Mount Sinai got to do with Babylon? I've got about 14 talks. What the Lord has called me today to talk about is what Andy's alluded to at the beginning, and this is all incredibly exciting, is the concept of the remnant. And when I prepare these talks, I, I, I want to be personal today. Is that okay? So I look at you two, ladies, and I think you are pillars of the church. You know the Lord. And you're going to see the coming of the king, yeah? yeah? And so when I prepare a talk, I think of both of you. And I think I want to do the talk so it fulfills what the desires of your hearts are and that you understand in a way what we're going to talk about. And I honestly do think about you two, yeah? Amen? That's not meant to be to the exclusion of anyone else. God just picks people out, doesn't he? So... I'm going to talk about the remnant. The remnant was first introduced to me when, uh, and I, I know I've said this to you before, when I was a baby Christian. And Denise and I uh, got to know a dear, beloved couple called Walter and Joan. They were in their 80s. We were in our, woo, late 20s. <laughs> and um, the Lord, uh, they're a godly couple. They used to go to a United Reformed Church simply because they were elderly they could only go to the local church that i don't mean that in the negative sense but that's where they were going they initially we met them because we got saved in a church that andy knows which is holy trinity in leicester the vicar there was john oldis and his wife was corin and his wife got alongside my wife denise she took a real love to denise and they went through the david watson Introduction to Christianity tapes. Is that a blast from the past? Yeah. yeah? Influenced incredible load of people. You know, when we left Holy Trinity Church, we moved around the country. The next time I saw John Aldis 
And bearing in mind this was an evangelical, Christian, godly man, was on the floor in Toronto. I couldn't believe my eyes. His arms circling like a windmill. And he, was a, he became a very good friend of Jackie Pullinger because the oldest got called to Hong Kong. And they have since retired back into the West Country. Why do I all tell you that? Because we're all part of the family of God, aren't we? So Walter and Joan, Walter was, dri- was in the front seat of my car one day. I remember this so clearly. We're driving through Leicester and Walter turned to me. I couldn't turn to him because I was driving. Turned to me and went, Ian, I don't understand it, but make sure you're part of the remnant. He prophesied it to me. Make sure you're part of the remnant. And ever since then, which is, you know, well over, about 36 years ago, I've wondered and pondered about the remnant. When I've read the scriptures of the remnant, it's excited me because there's something about the remnant that gets a grip on your heart and takes a hold of your spirit that knows there is destiny written without that, within that concept, yeah? And I want to read you, because you know the power of the word is, is there is power in the word. So I want to take a liberty and read some of these verses to you. I'm not going to read them all. Just to emphasise the concept of the remnant that's been calculated, not by me, is occurs over 500 times in the Bible. That's how important it is. Yeah? The word remnant occurs in the Old Testament 67 times. A related word, the elect, occurs in the New Testament 11 times. Just gives us a credit. So listen, just let God really soak this into you. Once more, a remnant of the house of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will become a remnant, and out of Mount Zion, a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the remnant in Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found, referring to the Torah. Great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that's written in this book. That's just Sire in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles 34, 21, that really important word. 34, 21. So 2 Chronicles 36, 20. He carried into exile to Babylon the remnant who escaped from the sword and they became servants to him and his sons until the kingdom of Persia came to power. Isaiah 10, 20. In that day, the remnant of Israel, the survivors of the house of Jacob, will no longer rely on him who struck them down but will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. These are end time scriptures. Isaiah 11, 11. Think about 1948. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the remnant that is left of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. 
That's the reformation of Israel. Okay? Literally fulfilled. Isaiah 28. In that day, the Lord Almighty will be a glorious crown, a beautiful wreath for the remnant of his people. Isaiah 37, 31. Once more, a remnant of the house of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. Yeah? There are always... Uh, uh, Scripture, prophetic scripture in the Israel, the, the Hebrew mindset is they don't look at time linearly, they see at time repetitively. It's called Midrash prophecy. So these things are literally fulfilled, but they're fulfilled again and again. And they therefore apply to us. This is wonderful. Jeremiah 23 3, my heart leaps. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they'll be fruitful and increase in number. Jeremiah 42, O remnant of Judah, the Lord has told you, don't go to Egypt. Be sure of this, I warn you today. And we can go on and on. I've written lots of scriptures here. I'm not going to... Um, repeat them all, but let me just go to the New Testament, Acts 15, 17, that the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord who does these things. It's the remnant. Romans 9, 27, Paul quoting Israel, uh, Isaiah, though the number of the Israelites be like the sand by the sea, only the remnant will be saved. Ooh. Uh, Romans 11.5, so too at the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. And I just quote one from Titus 1, I love Titus, don't you? Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. Now, you know, to unpack every scripture there, there's a, there's a talk in each of those, but the principle I'm trying to give you is that there is an importance to the Lord of the remnant. And where, where, what does remnant mean? Well, it's interesting because the scripture turns the meaning of the remnant on its head, really, because remnant, often we think about, in a non-biblical sense, as scraps and leftovers, don't we? Do you think that? But in a godly sense and in a biblical sense, it's where actually the scriptures assign or God assigns a higher value to the term. In other words, there is with the remnants, as, as we've seen in these scriptures, the concept of the chosen few, the elect, the ones who are going to inherit, the people that understand the times of the signs, the people who understand the time of their visitation. You know, when I was talking to Andy this morning, I suddenly felt the presence of the Lord. And in that moment, you realise, and this is what the Lord was showing me this morning, that, at that moment, it's all about him. It's not all about, it's not about me. It's all about when he comes to visit a church, by goodness me, make way for the Lord. Lord, we make way for you to come and for your power and your presence to be poured out. That is to know the presence of the Lord, that his love becomes all-consuming. There is nothing else that matters when the Lord falls on you. 
not by power nor by might, but by my spirit. Yeah? I love Holy Spirit coming. I love. It, it, that's all you want. That's what I was created for, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth, to follow you all the days of my life, to honour you and to give you glory. You know, there's a concept in scriptures and, and, and there, are th there are things that, you know, you've got to really focus on and, and really marinate on. You know, Matthew 7, 13, 14 says, many will find the way to eternal destruction, but few will find the way to eternal life. You know, it's interesting, and I was just flicking through all the religious channels uh, over Friday and Saturday, and actually, it's amazing what you pick up, but, you know, they were talking about one of the channels I was surfing through. Um, you know, one... They're talking about the seasons of life. And, and it's right, when you're young, and when I was young, and my kids were young, you know, you could see the whole of your life in front of you and the excitement of youth and the fact that I could get on my mountain bike and climb every mountain, you know, with my kids. And, you know, it was, you know, when you were youthful. And you, do you know what I mean? Old age seems a million miles away. I want to be honest, do you know what I spend a lot of time thinking about? I think about eternity. I think about where am I before the Lord? That I want to follow him and know him, that I want to make sure that I'm in the perfect will of God, not the permissive will of God. I actually heard that, Neville Johnson, I was listening to him this week, exactly what he said. Are you in the perfect will of the Lord? We've asked that question before, Andy's suggested this morning. Some examples of the remnants in the Old Testament, you know, if you like, emphasise what we have just said, that it's all about the Lord. So the Lord demonstrates that we of ourselves can do nothing. We can't operate in our own strength. And indeed, you know, it's one of the greatest pleasures and one of the greatest blessings to operate in the strength of the Lord and the will of the Lord and the power of his spirit. When I was a young Christian, one morning, have I shared this before? Say I've done it. But I woke up one morning and the Lord showed me that I was like a host pipe. I was the vessel. And on the vessel there was this tap. And I saw water whooshing through me. Massive amount of huge, like a river. And wherever I pointed it, the river would flow. The river would flow. But the Lord showed me that this tap was my will. And I had, I could do this. I could turn it off and I could turn it on whenever I liked. And that is true for all of us. How much do we allow the Spirit of God to flow through us? Yeah? When God speaks to you, and God speaks to all of us because we have his spirit, we have the mind of Christ, don't we? How often do we listen to it? We all know and we recognise that voice. We know because the sheep know his voice and recognise his voice, don't they? But we have other voices going in our head, don't we? We know that because Jesus was tempted in the desert. And we know what the voice of the enemy is like. You recognise the voice. 
You know, the enemy's voice is seductive. It tells you you've got free will. Actually, that's a lie, by the way, because it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Do you see what I mean? And, and so learn to recognise the voice of the Lord. It becomes such a pleasant thing and a wonderful thing. You know, the Lord spoke to me really clearly about a circumstance uh, a few weeks ago, very clearly. And I knew that it was the Lord, but yet my will was wanting to do this. But the Lord was saying no, and even told me why I shouldn't do it. The warning was there. But yet, you know, the, the, the body wants to do it. That's why it says in Romans chapter 7, the whole thing's about, you know, sin and will and living by the grace of the Lord, isn't it? I mean, it, that's what it is. And then we get into chapter 8, which is so wonderful about the answer to chapter 7. So we fight with these things all the time and we must know that we are vessels of the Holy Ghost. I used to love Derek, Temp, uh, De Derek Prince when he used to um, emphasise that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand the depth of that statement? We are temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in you and I. That's why we have the mind of Christ. We are not permitted to be of the world. It's a stain and a blemish on the purity of the spirit that wills within us. So this concept of the remnant we see in the scriptures, just briefly, Noah. What was Noah saved out of? The flood came. Eight people were saved in the ark. Out of the millions that were on earth. Millions and millions. And it was all because he had pure seed. He had uncorrupted DNA. That's what righteousness means. Look at a good story. This is good for the remnant church right now. Gideon and the 300. Now you look at this story, how God works, and apply it to ourselves. So what's happening? You know, it's in the Judges, it's a famous story, chapters 6 and 7. The Midianites are overrunning Israel, steal all their food, make it hell. Why? Because Israel had forgotten what Moses and Joshua had been saying. You've got to serve the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. And the Midianites were overrunning the land. Gideon, son of Joash, who is an Ibeazrite, which is the smallest tribe in Manasseh, is actually threshing wheat in a wine press to hide from the Midianites. Yeah? To hide. Think of the church. What happens? The angel of the Lord turns up. Yeah? And what does the angel of the Lord say to Gideon? The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Think about that. And Gideon says, but I'm just a son of Joash. I'm a little clan of a little tribe, 
And all these Midianites are covering us, you know, like locusts is what the scriptures say, all over the land. So, cut a long story short, he gets chosen by the Lord. You see, the Lord chooses you. That's the way you know it's the Lord. Never choose yourself. I'm always wary of people who say, I want to be a leader. No, you don't. No, you don't. (laughs) Not without God. The enemy will have you for breakfast. So Gideon gets chosen by the Lord. Even tests God, doesn't he? That's where we get our expression, laying a fleece. (laughs) Even tests God. Gideon has 22,000 men. The Lord has to say, do you know what? You've got to know it's me that's going to defeat the Midianites. So anybody who's got a bit of fear, go home. That lost 12,000 of them. They're down to 10,000. Okay, take them to water and watch them drink. And the ones who are very delicate kneel and lap out of their hands, not like dogs. Only 300 of 10,000 did that. Okay, they'll do. 300 men. The Midianites were like locusts. But it's all God. Do you see what I mean? This is what I'm trying to say. If we're going to be part of the remnant, see, we have to hear God. 300 men defeat an army of locusts, grains of sand on the seashore. That's incredible, isn't it? You know, because we're going we're gonna to fast roll into our culture in a minute, and you're going to see the importance of what I'm saying. You know, when God speaks man alive, yeah, there's nothing that's going to stop God. We've got to get a handle on the enormity of God, of who God is, of his character, of the fact that he is the name above all names. He is exalted far above all the earth. And the scriptures say in Philippians, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Do you know, there is a day where every knee in the universe will bow before the Lord. Yeah? Yeah? And people have had, you know, another thing that's focused in my thoughts at the moment is visions of heaven and hell. You know, plenty of people have, uh, the Lord has taken them to hell and they've seen the great as little. They're bowing the knee. Yeah? The destruction that awaits. So Gideon's are such an awesome example and the, and the remnant in the New Testament testifies to that. So You know, obviously, that leads us to think, you know, God chooses the remnant. It's all through scripture. I see it everywhere. There's the concept of the remnant, by the way, coming back from Babylon. There's the concept of the remnant going to Babylon. Think about that. And there's the concept of the remnant coming back. You know, uh, it's been worked out. I can't remember what the figures are now, but there were several million people in Babylon and only about 42,500 came back. Their inheritance was as Israel, but only 42,500 came back. Think about that. You see, the prophets were prophesying, and they were telling the word of the Lord. Jeremiah had done it. Don't go to Egypt. How much of the church is going to Egypt right now? How many of the church is compromising right now? Yeah? And what happened? Got smashed in Egypt. Interestingly, you know what happened to Jeremiah? He was part of the crowd that got captured, but he'd been prophesying, 
don't go to Egypt. He was ignored. You know, men of God prophesy for over 20 years to the church, and the church don't listen. Whoa, 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 Lord, help me. That's why it's so important for you and I to hear the voice of the Lord on a day-by-day basis. Are you committed? Are you utterly surrendered to the Lord? Utterly. Because we're living in times, guys, where we've got to be. It's not going to be a choice. It's going to be a have to. So what are the characteristics? What I'm going to do is just go through some characteristics of the remnant church. And some of it sounds, you know, galling. You know, what we're, we're talking about church right now. And then how we apply it to each other. Anne and Kath. <laughs> Hallelujah! Do you know you've got such destiny ahead of you? Honestly. Yeah? And I tell you, the Lord's going to do downloads so much. You know, that's another thing. The Lord's going to bring downloads. It's all revelation. Awesome. So the first characteristic of the Remnant Church, Andy alluded to it, I've alluded to it, we know. It's the steadfast belief in the absolute truth of the Scriptures. Amen. Where do you hear sin, the cross, Blood, the blood, redemption, heaven and hell, and the second coming preached. Where do you hear it now? Amen. You do. Many, many mega churches are into the seeker friendly church. What you hear from them is that there's no cost to following the Lord, it's what can the Lord do for you? consumerism and these churches and I don't want to you know I have to be really careful because there's godly men and women in these churches please understand that but it's the kind of thinking behind it they're 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 out for salvation they want to witness and they want to see people born again but you know you don't have to persuade people to come into the church when the power of God falls the power of God falls there's no adverts I don't want to see any placards I don't want to see nothing I don't want to see nothing I don't want to see anything. (laughs) Amen. You know, when God shows up, people know it's God. They see the attraction in it. They recognise the Lord. They see it and they come flowing in their thousands and tens of thousands. Every revival has seen that. We don't need the adverts. We won't even need the media. Yeah? That's the part. That's what I want. That's genuine gospel. That's genuine revelation. Genuine revival. You read about Whitfield and Wesley. They had no internet. Nothing. When Whitfield was going in in New England, you know, 15,000 would turn up. And they, they hadn't advertised it, but there's something, unction that came with a presence of God that was so invading the atmosphere, they had to go to hear the word of the Lord. And they didn't mince their words. But Andy is right, there's a new sound of heaven. Because we've got to learn from the past, but we mustn't go back to the past. 
we look forward and we see what the Lord is doing. The Lord is going to use us in different ways. And I've often asked, you know, what is, if you like, what's the, the Lord's equivalent of how he used Wesley, for example? What, what's he saying to us right now? You know. And it's, I get encouraged by what I see Wesley do, do in Whitfield. I mean, they swept America and England like no other people. It's the greatest revival we've ever, ever seen, arguably. I know people talk about the Welsh revival and, and the way God came, but my goodness me, there was 50 years of God transforming this nation. That's why, thank God, Although we're in a bit of a mess, we're not as much of a mess as we were in. That's why the remnant church have got to pick up the baton to run with it and to see God come and invade this place. I don't know if you know this, and I didn't know this until the last two or three days. There's a lot of Christian leaders around the place renouncing their faith right now. Did you know that? You see, the enemy hates worship, by the way, and he'll use it. Yeah. I, I've got a quote here. So, you know, some of those Christian leaders who renounce their faith ha have been songwriter. One, one of them, sorry, not some, but one of them is in a songwriter with Hillsong. You know, Hillsong music has got two million followers. Yeah? John Cooper of Christian Band Skelet said this week, my conclusion for the church... We must stop making worship leaders and thought leaders or influences or cool people or relevant people the most influential people in Christendom. I've been saying for 20 years and seem probably quite judgmental to some of my peers that we're in a dangerous place when the church is looking to 20-year-old worship singers as our source of truth. It's a big problem, isn't it? You know, now I am not here, please, O oh Lord, and I feel the, the check of the Lord. I'm not here to put down or criticise. I just want to ensure that we're following the truth, that we want to hear the word of God, that we have to... Con you know, when I got saved, the Lord said to me, it, it was just a, a revelation of the Lord, the Bible is the literal truth. Read it, soak it, digest it. It is absolute truth. So what the Lord said to me. Nobody told me that, straight from God. Yeah? And I've believed it ever since, and I've never had a moment to, to actually deny it. Now, we live, the second, I want to introduce a term here. We live in a, in a society now that, where the media is provoking anti-Western ideas, anti-capital ideas, anti-Israel, yeah, anti-Christian, anti-biblical. That's what's going on. Now, that term and that method has been called cultural Marxism. Have anybody heard that term, cultural Marxism? So that's cultural Marxism. If you read the people who are promoting it, they say that this is a conspiracy theory, that cultural Marxism is just conspiracy theory. It is not. Just in the last three days... Um, you know, people have been challenging cultural Marxism in one, one place, the Daily Telegraph. Very, very, very good article um, written by the deputy editor of The Spectator, Douglas Murray. He's worth watching. 
And, and he's not a Christian, but he recognises the church in this country. So we are becoming anti-cultural, aren't we? Because these people are counter-cultural. So the, the counter-culture is becoming the culture and we're becoming anti-cultural. Do you understand? Because you see, Wesley and Whitfield brought in a culture that we all understand. It was the family-based, biblically-based, faith-based lifestyle. The remnants of which we're seeing today. So the characteristics of Remnant Church are, we are countercultural. We are provoking the liberal left to anger. You know, I, separate of a, a topic of a separate talk, but the, the, the way that there's polarisation across the West right now. You know, I just read an article in, um, yesterday in America, what's happening in some town in America, I've forgotten, but there's the um, Antifa, group against the proud the proud boys is it yeah. uh, they're at war and actually that's a statement of what what's going on but so antifa is stands for anti-fascist and they're the liberal left and there's a and they're violent liberal left and then the proud boys are violent liberal uh, violent extreme right and they're literally at war what did i say extremely violent so it's the liberal left they're, they're the ones that turn up in all when they're having the financial meeting with the g7s they turn up in all black and they riot the streets they are just so violent they're trying to bring the government down yeah both sides are as bad as each other but w the vacuum that's been created by the rejection of truth that's what we're looking at and that's why we have to understand the signs of the times. Now, the level and the degree to which we understand that is upon us as individuals before the Lord. We're not all called to understand it all. But remember this, Moses, when he was used by the Lord to bring the ten plagues, he understood the black arts like nobody else. Yeah? We have to understand the enemy. Hold you know articles written on that but we do need to understand the times of the signs we're living in in terrible where everything is lying there's no such thing anymore as i want to speak with integrity and truth so if i try and make a statement about something i'm accused immediately of something phobic it's it's this is called this is an, to use another term this is called identity politics Okay, and it's a weapon of the devil because it, it, it goes against any meaningful and logical and biblically inspired discussion. It shuts down. And it shuts it down totally. So, you know, the gospel of the Lord has profound implications, I've written here, related to human sexuality, the sanctity of human life, the definition of marriage and family. Remnant pastors will need to apply the gospel to cultural issues in a wiser, more winsome way, and unity. Do you see what I mean? We need to understand the signs of the times. We need, what Andy was saying earlier, we need to understand the, the signs of the times to be able to respond and know. And that's why we need the power and presence. This is why the remnant church is, 
identified by the committed Christians, where nothing matters except him and following him and therefore having a passion for him and holding out for truth in a way that we have not done for centuries. That's the remnant church. You know, let me challenge us with something. Again, this was when I was surfing through the channels. I came across this. Paul, the theme of Philippians is joy and rejoice. That's the theme of Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say again, rejoice. Forgetting everything behind me, I strain on towards achieving the goal for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. For his sake, I've forgotten all things. Yeah, Paul is totally, totally, totally committed to the Lord. We need to read Philippians, guys. We need to understand it. Think about it. Jesus humbled as a servant. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. You know, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. It's all in Philippians. All of it. Paul wrote that in prison. It is thought by historians that his prison cell was about five foot by six foot. There was nothing in the cell. And some historians think that the sewage of Philippi ran through in a trench through his prison cell. And he wrote a theme on joy. How much are the things of the West propping us up? I ask myself this, please understand me. You know, please understand me. You know, I want to be honest, I've got two cars. You know, how, how... Lord, I just want to be holy before the Lord. There's nothing wrong in having two cars, if you understand. It's the way in which I hold it and the way I use it and the way... Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. So here's the man of God, part of scripture, who speaks about rejoicing in a cell that's only got dirt on it. He had to sleep on the floor, on the dirt, and he was rejoicing in the Lord. He knew the Lord so much. He was so enraptured by God, moment by moment. He had this intimate relationship with the Lord. You know, look, he could look into heaven and see the portal straight through. He could see the rejoicing. He saw the Lord moment by moment. He saw him on his throne. He knew that everything counted for nothing. That's why he could write it. He had nothing except knowing him and taking hold of that and forgetting that. That's what we're called to. That's the remnant church. Leads me on to the next thing which we've alluded to. Experiencing the presence and power of God. We can only experience that to the level to which we are able to abandon Egypt, abandon the world. And the Lord comes sovereignly. And, you know, when I felt the presence and power of God this morning, you you just, it's all you want. I don't care about anything else. I just want him. We need a revelation of him like never before. Like never before. I don't want to get my ears tickled. Do you? No. It's not the real thing. Yeah? It's a constant thing in Scripture, by the way, that we are all equal before the Lord. And it's also a scriptural principle that we can find favour with the Lord. There's a difference between the two. 
His favour implies following what he's saying, seek righteousness, seek justice, walk humbly before the Lord. You know? It, it's all these concepts. So experiencing the presence and power of God is absolutely fundamental to the, re- the remnant church. Yeah? yeah? Stand up, Heidi and Andy. and I am telling you that this church led by you two is going to experience that absolutely it is coming it is absolutely coming and you're going to see the fire of God and the presence of God and the love of God because you live like this you live like this you have put the world aside and you are focused on God completely and, the, and you have favour before the Lord, and you have the mantles of that favour, and you will see the coming of the Lord and the revival of the Lord. You will see people coming into this place, Amen. not because of adverts, but because they want to see God. Amen? Amen. 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 <sighs> and you see, the thing that will happen with the compromised churches, they'll become more compromised. Aren't we seeing that? I can name you people who are compromising. Yeah. And you see, the other thing about the remnant church is that it will become more and more excluded from mainstream church. Now there's a challenge. You ready for that? Are you ready for it? You know, following Christ, there's a cost to it. Do you see? That's the difference. You know, there's a lot of churches teaching about God will do this for you and God will do that. And of course he will. I understand that. But that's not the whole package. Nothing like the whole package. The real joy is in serving him. Amen? I love him, Lord. And I can only serve him because I'm full of the Holy Spirit as full as I allow him to fill me. That's why the, it says, oh, I've forgotten the book, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. How do you get filled continually with the Holy Spirit? Get embedded in the word, worship him, fill him. Focus. The remnant church, this is the exciting bit. And this is true. The remnant church will change the world. Yay. Amen? He will change the world. Look at Gideon. Well, you're all mighty Gideons. You're all called. You're all called. That is the wonderful truth of Scripture. No one is exempt from this. You are all called to take on that mantle, trumpet, blow in, light of the world, smash the glass, walk in. That's all we have to do. The devil's on the run. The enemy gets confused. They all kill each other. Yeah? It's true. You read it in Judges. And we will take the world, not because of flesh in us, and not because of control, and not because of church building, but because we're advancing the kingdom. Amen? That is so important to understand. Okay. How are we going to personalise all this? How are we going to personalise this, Anne and Kath? 
You love it, don't you? I'm talking. <laughs> How do we personalise it? Well, because the Redmond Church is composed of individuals. It's you and me, you know? It's down to you and me walking yeah. day by day. You know, that's why it's important to come to a meeting regularly. You know, there's no laws in the church, okay? There's no law. Far be it to set a law. But it is actually important to come regularly because we get fed, but obviously... As we walk, we end up feeding, yeah? But it's lovely when we come together, we get encouraged and full of the Lord. And the Remnant Church is composed of individuals. We're called to seek righteousness and seek humility. That's so important. And how do we proclaim righteousness? You know, there are things increasingly that I'm reading that make me angry. Righteous anger. We're allowed to have righteous anger, aren't we? Jesus had righteous anger. Overturned the tables. Yeah. Threw all the contents of the tables on the floor. We're allowed to do that. So I'm really asking the Lord how to, for kind of strategy right now, on how to, you know, because you can't just use a pepper pot and just boop, 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 a scattergun. Do, 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 do. It won't work. It's got to be the Lord. So one of those for me is writing a book. <laughs> and what does the Lord require of you? Micah 6.8. Fantastic. And of course, what does the Lord require of you is to walk humbly, love mercy. Uh, walk hum- uh, sorry. Thank you. Act justly and walk humbly before the Lord. So act justly is actually important. You know, one of the things that the Lord is teaching me, and it, it's easy in a sense to, to talk up here um, and say this, but another to act it. And that, that's why we need each other. And that is we've got to process life half full. We've always got to know that the Lord is going for us in the right way, that he's our support, that we've always got to know our inheritance in Christ. Yeah? That we are overcomers. And part of that is we've got to learn how to overcome. And everything that we go through life, at the end of the day, is a lesson in how to mature in the Lord. So we have to remember that. So we mustn't lose the vision for the sake of what's going on right now. Yeah? So always think the best. And the Lord guides us into all truth. And it is right, I believe, to think of eternity. I'd encourage us to read, you know, some books that kind of jig us into thinking about what heaven's like. Yeah? yeah? I'm, I'm doing that. Go there. I want to go there, absolutely. Don't read about it. Go, go there. there. And that, I think, that's a subject of another talk, because the Lord will take us there. Yeah. You know? I remember just, I don't know if I shared this, but this happened to me many, many years ago that, um, where was it? It was a conference in Brighton, very well-known conference. And they were talking about revelation. And I saw the Lord, in as much as you could see the Lord, if you see what I mean, on a throne on the glassy sea. And I saw these flashes of lightning coming out from the throne. And I saw this lightning and it, 
I saw it coming straight for me. I got hit by this lightning. Bang! Into my seat. But do you know what? Do you know what happened to me? I couldn't stop laughing. I could, I was so full of the joy. I couldn't stop laughing. The Lord just, woof! Everything seemed to be, didn't matter. You know. And that's, that's what we want, isn't it? And we live lives of faith. Hebrews 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain what we do not see. We live by faith because we have the eyes of faith. We live in a time of amazing progressive revelation. Yeah? The Lord is doing downloads on his church and expect downloads. It's biblical, by the way. The Bible itself is progressive revelation. So for us to live our lives with progressive revelation is totally scriptural. And the Lord is going to download and download and download. And you're going to learn, Kath and Anne, in 10 seconds, more than you have done in the previous 30 years. That's just an encouragement. Not just, it is an encouragement. And that applies to all of us. Receive it. Receive the downloads. Receive them. Remember, we live in a place where the dark is getting darker, but the light is getting lighter, and I've spoken about that before. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So I'm going to finish with one thing. How long have I spoken for? What have you done with all the prophecies given to you over the few, few years? I want to ask you that. See, those prophecies are not dead. Yeah? And it's important as part of the remnant to read your prophecies, to work into them, and to um, outwork them. It's part of your destiny. So I read a prophet recently. I just was, just because I've got a lot of the prophecies that have been given me over the years on the computer. And I went, oh, there's a folder called prophecy. Oh, I'll open that. And I came across a prophecy that was given to me in 1995 or 6. I think it's 1995. That's nearly 25 years ago. I'd forgotten about this prophecy, but do you know what? It contained exactly what I felt the Lord was actually saying to me right now. I couldn't believe it. And the prophecy was all about, Ian, you need to be investigating the scrolls and doing investigative stuff as well as being prophetic and hearing the Spirit. You need to do both to come together. And the Lord will reveal to you. It'll give you a revelation. And I thought, wow. So I've now got it on top of my um, little filing cabinet. And I've got it on top. And that's where it is. And if I'm praying, I go over it and go, Ian, so the prophecies that you've had, read them. Pray into them. And if you haven't had any, you'll get some. Yeah? And you read the scriptures. Because the Lord will give you. Yeah? The Lord will give you. Now, I understand that, you know, 25 years ago, we were moving in a very prophetic environment. So I understand that's not where everybody was at then. So I don't want to, you know, this is not about putting anyone down this is all about elevating everyone up yeah we've all had prophecies 
So what does being part of the remnant focus you on? You know, we're about end times and eternity, aren't we? Yeah. We've got to understand the signs of the times the ti- and, the, and, the, and the signs of the, t- the signs of the times and the signs. So we're all going to stand up. Because you see, I'm going to speak over you. Because this is truth, yeah? yeah. Are you okay? You're hearing and receiving yeah. the word of the Lord. Yeah. You've gone quiet on me. See, let me, let me tell you something. When, over the years, when I've given talks, I can feel the spirit coming off people. Yeah, I can feel when people are receiving the word of God. Not me, but the word of God. Because as I speak, hopefully, the downloads come from above. Not from me, but from above. And the downloads come in different ways to different ones of us. It's just that I might trigger a word that triggers off a thought in you, and you may not even listen to what I've been saying for two or three minutes. But that's great, because you're hearing from him. So it's the download. We're all about Holy Spirit. Listening to Holy Spirit, aren't we? Yeah? So this is not manipulation, what I'm doing. I just feel the Lord to say, I'm going to just talk into your lives. Yeah? I'm going to chalk into your destiny as a church. Yeah? And I want to challenge you. Pray for each other during the week. You're part of this body. You're thinking church. You're going forwards. Ring each other up. Yeah? Even go out together. Have each other around for a meal. Just so that we can energise the prophetic and the destiny of each other. Yeah? In the right way. We've all got destiny. We're all having to get on with our lives. But, you know, we need to do that. I hope you're praying regularly for Andy and Heidi. Bless them. We prophesied to them, haven't we, this morning. So let's just, if we can, close our eyes. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord. Here comes the Lord. Just relax and receive his spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit right now. Hear what he's saying to you, because, Lord, I know that, Lord, you've got exciting things for this church. That, Lord, this is part of your remnant. This is part of a body of people who are completely committed to you, who know the truth, who want to experience the truth even more, proclaim the truth, know the gospel, Lord, see the hundreds and thousands coming through, experience your power and experience your love. Lord, take them up a level. Take them up into the deeper things of you, Lord. Let there be downloads on everybody here. May there be revelations. May there be a fresh sense of destiny and vision for everybody. And I know, Lord, it's like a jigsaw and it comes all together in that which is called bush fire because the fire of God is going to be in the bush and release the presence, Lord. In, 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 in manifest ways, Lord, in Jesus' name. So, Lord, this week I pray for pouring your spirit out. Lord, there'll be a fresh sense of urgency, a fresh insight into the knowledge of your word, a fresh sense of your presence, a knowledge and infinite of you, in Jesus' name. Amen.